on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guest is award-winning director-producer Cheryl Horner-McDonough. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And we're talking about your brand new documentary, Parkland Rising. So how did you get, just tell the audience, I mean, if they're not, not familiar, uh, let's just refresh their memories about uh, what this movie documentary is all about. And how did you get involved mm. with it? Well, I know it seems like a long time ago already, but uh, it Doesn't was only it? February 14th, 2018, which, you know, less than two years ago, that uh, uh, 30 four people were were shot uh, in the high school at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Uh, 17 people died that day in that incident. Um, and, you know, really, I think I saw what was unfolding the way everyone else in the country and in the world did. Um, and I I just, yeah, I felt compelled as a, a documentary filmmaker um, and as a mother. And, you know, maybe because I'm originally from Florida, it was uh, it was just something I I felt I had to find a way to get involved with and, and document. And and then so you've worked. Katie Couric is one of your producers on this on this movie. And, yes, yes. And you've worked with Katie before um, on her Nat Geo series, America Inside and Out. Um, how did you get her involved in this? And and you have other producers too. There's quite a. a she's not the only producer on the film. How did you attract uh, right. the producers? Oh, so at that time in February of 2018, I was actually uh, kind of at the tail end, finishing up production on America Inside Out, and I was the director for uh, for that series for Nat Geo. And um, I was, you know, pretty literally on my way out the door, and uh, and I kind of took a chance, and you know, and I I said to Katie, this is something I'd I'd really like to find a way to do. I don't know how. I don't have the money. Uh, I don't know how this can get done. But you know, would you uh, kind of sign on? Would you work on this with me? And she said, absolutely. This is a really important topic and something that she's very knowledgeable and passionate about as well. And uh, and so she said yes. And so that was that was one of the. The, the very it was the first yes <laughs> that I got um, and every yes mattered along the way you know um, trying to uh, build a team trying to get access trying to figure out how to do it trying to you know get the financing to uh, get the team together and uh, and figure out how to you know how to make this happen she was the first one <laughs> And how did you get access? Because you have access to actual recordings and um, text messages and voicemail messages and everything. How did you gather all of that and how did you get that kind of access? You know, it was really a very long slow process. Um, looking back, it, it seems a little faster than it was, but it was kind of old-fashioned um, uh, relationship building, uh, trust building, uh, getting to know people in the community. Um, the uh, Very early on, before the march in Washington, um, I uh, Got a, a small, a very small team, actually a husband wife team, uh, Bill Richmond and Lori Raimondo. Um, 
and asked them if they could go and kind of just live in that area and, and, you know, start to get to know people and, and try to figure out how we were going to do this and what stories we were, um, going to, to, you know, be able to get access to. And, you know, they, they did what good, uh, producers and humans do. They, you know, they, they met people, um, they were trustworthy and, uh, and patient and sensitive and, um, and they were able to, you know, build that goodwill and, and, and go from one member of the community to another. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at the film, we have this incredible access to, you know, so many people in the entire community, you know, and you've, you've seen parts of it, uh, you know, where we were with, all of the uh, co-founders of March for Our Lives, including David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez and Jacqueline Corn and Cameron Cassie and uh, the Deitch brothers. Uh, and, you know, we were really privileged to um, to be trusted with the stories of uh, two of the families whose, you know, whose children were murdered that day. Uh, so it's, you know, it's no small it's no small thing to be given that trust. No, it's not. It's it's not. But how do you? I mean, obviously, as a country, when this happened, I mean, we're all you know. It just seems to band us all together uh, once again, and you know, and it's unfortunate that we need to band together around tragedy um, rather than happier events. But um, how did you? How do you feel? I mean, I, I. about these young people because they really took a stand and brought this story to the forefront more than others in many mm-hmm. ways. Um, and, and they just really, I mean, we, we marched here. We, you know, uh, I live in Carmel, California, uh, and there was a big gathering and, and we all marched here. This, you know, across the country, uh, the day that they marched on Washington was this day of in, incredible mm-hmm. unity. Um, but mm-hmm. how do you feel about these young people and where they possibly can take our country and to continue this conversation that needs to be had. And I, uh, hopefully someday it doesn't need, we don't need it anymore, but mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. Yeah. I, I say, this is the film I, I wish I didn't have to make. Right. Um, you know, well, on that point, what attracted me, what, uh, what motivated me at the beginning was not the tragedy itself. It was, uh, the activism. It was the way the the kids immediately reacted. They were so articulate. They were so passionate, and and they were so right. Uh, they were they were so mature, and they really immediately kind of redirected the conversation in saying, "This is not okay. This is not acceptable." And you, as adults, have failed us, and now we have to take this on. And that was what I wanted to document. Yes, so I find them inspiring. Oh, very inspiring, very inspiring. Um, I mean, you, obviously, when you watch this film, you can't help but cry. Um, listening yes. to and you know, hearing the actual shots. I hope I'm not giving anything away. Um, oh no, no, know, that went on that day, and listening to all of these students' nine one one calls. I mean, that's what was yes. amazing. That you know, I mean, hearing them. Uh, 
you know, it was chilling. It was just chilling. And mm-hmm. each one of them mm-hmm. was uh, chilling to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um how are they recovering as a community? You're right. It isn't been that long. And a year and a half ago, um, coming up on, t- it's hard to believe it's coming up on two years, but, um, how are they, how's the community healing? It's hard for me to say. You know, we filmed, uh, our time period in, uh, in the community really was between, uh, right before the March in March, 2018, uh, through the midterm elections. So November 6, 2018, we were on the road with them, uh, with the students, with the survivors, with the families for about nine months. Um, I can tell you that, you know, there's certainly, there's, there's so much anguish. There's so much pain. There's so much, um, uh, that, that has just rippled throughout the community um, that that is very hard to see. You know, PTSD uh, is, is just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, how are they doing now? It, it's in, in terms of the community, that would be hard for me to say. I do know that, you know, I, I am still close with some of our subjects and it, this is never going to go away. They, they cannot simply move on and forget that their family members were murdered. Yes, senselessly, too. David Hogg, let's talk a little bit about David Hogg, because he, you know, was, you know, obviously, I mean, and Emma Gonzalez were two of the more vocal students. I mean, they all were, but they, 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 were, they were the ones that stood out the most. And, mm-hmm. you know, he does... You show when he's out there trying to talk. I mean, it just just was just blew my mind mm-hmm. um, when they were out there talking about this with with obviously uh, people who uh, opposed them mm-hmm. um, yeah. and um, had their guns in the interviews. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, visible. You know, all you know yeah. these rifles and handguns mm-hmm. you know on their bodies on their persons mm-hmm. when they're having this conversation with these young students and literally david was in fear of his life um in 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 that scene um d- does he continue to have fear um around because is he still speaking out as strongly and have you followed him after this you know how these things you know there's a lot of things that go on and we hear all about it and it's all in the forefront of the news and then we move on to the next news cycle and we don't hear as much about it um is he still as actively involved and if he is is does he still have fears around somebody possibly trying to kill him well i actually think that's one of the parts of the of this story that hasn't been told i don't i don't think that's been seen um you know, David Hogg received multiple death threats. Um, his mother, you'll see in the film, you know, catalogs the just the hateful things that she's told online. Um, they certainly had to take measures uh, to, you know, to make sure that they were safe. Um, uh, so there, there were there were real threats. I don't know, you know, how that continues today, but I I do think that that people don't know just how much hostility these teenagers faced from adults with guns. <laughs> it just blows me away. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah. you know, I, I, I literally was just I got chills when I watched it. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's. Yeah, well, go go on. 
How did yeah, you feel no, about I, it? Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the things people need to see. I think, um, I think those kinds of threats, whether they're over social media or whether it's simply someone yelling at you while they're, you know, strapped, uh, it, it's very intimidating. And these are the kinds of things that make other people very wary of ever um, uh, really sharing their views. You know, people want to keep their heads down because it's a little scary if you speak up. So I think David and so many of these other, again, teenagers who <laughs> were uh, incredibly brave to continue to uh, you know, stay on point, stay on message, despite the threats. I, I I agree with you. I think there is, there does seem to be more fear about speaking out about a variety of different controversial topics. And especially today with social media and more people, you know, I mean, I've you know, people have told me not to express some right. of my views, right. <laughs> you know, on yep. social media. I mean, it's kind of interesting that, you know, people are advising each other, okay, be careful, don't, you know, don't uh, say too many things about mm-hmm. how you feel about things on social media, because right. you never know what can happen. And that's kind of also, I mean, we obviously didn't have all of this before. Um, and so, you know, it was different, but I think people, there is a little slight fear underneath mm-hmm. about what someone might think uh, of your opinion. And even though we have, uh, obviously, right of free speech, it certainly has been debated a lot uh, over the years. Um, It's interesting. So that's why I feel even stronger about these young people coming forward and being brave to express their feelings. Um, Of course, the generation, the baby boomer generation back in the 60s, in the late 60s, did the same thing to stop what we felt mm-hmm. was an illegal war yep. and spoke out. So maybe it's just something when we're younger, we're braver <laughs> than we are when we get older. I don't yes. know. Yes. Well, I think that's true. And, you know, actually, you'll hear David say this in the film. He very early on says, uh, you know, people people are afraid to uh, push back against the, the gun lobby. And, you know, they're afraid to lose their job. Uh, you know, they're afraid to get in trouble in some way. And, you know, he, he's saying early on, he's in high school. His friends have been killed. He doesn't have a job to lose. You know, he's going to speak his mind. It, I think those things get harder uh, over time. You have kids, you have a job, you have community, you know, maybe you want to put your head down. But I, I think it's it's a part of uh, why these kids were so uh, powerful. I agree. And the fact that they were able to motivate so many people all across the country um, you know to, to march I mean you know that's that's a hard thing to do to nowadays too uh, to get people motivated to do that of all ages shapes and sizes right uh, and, and and just as we've seen with you know Greta recently yes. um, you know this was really uh, who by the way was uh, inspired by the Parkland youth she has said that um, uh, you know this was uh, again it's in the film but you know Cameron Caskey a 17 year old basically says to his friend Jacqueline Corrin, hey, let's have a march. And she says, okay, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hey, let's put on a play. (laughs) Judy Garland would say to Mickey Rooney. (laughs) Exactly. And then you invite two friends and you invite two friends. And then we get 800,000 people to show up in Washington. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk. You mentioned Greta. So just um, for those who do not know who she is, do you want to let 
the public know who she, if they haven't heard of her by now. Uh, sure. Miss Greta Thunberg, whose name I'm probably abusing, but that's my understanding. It's close, yes. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Good. I didn't attempt, I wouldn't attempt it, so <laughs> I was glad you no, did. I, you know, I, I can only say, and I did just participate in the uh, the uh, March for Science here, the, the climate change uh, rally here in New York, um, which was incredibly well attended. Um, but I, I do know that she, you know, she was absolutely directly inspired by what she saw out of Parkland, Florida. Right. And she's another brave person because she's 16 years old from Sweden, I believe, and uh, standing up and, and speaking at the UN, you know, last, mm-hmm. this past week. Uh, uh, you know, very brave young woman. And uh, yet she's also had threats. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you read that? Yeah. I think it's what people do when they're lacking a better argument. <laughs> you know, they just go after the way you look or the way you, you know, you sound or, you know, call you names and threaten you. It's like, I don't have anything better. I, I think you're right. And that's they, there's lessons to be learned here. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies. And my guest today is award-winning director-producer, Cheryl Horner McDonough, and we're talking about a brand new documentary entitled Parkland Rising, um, and in, in about our youth today. Will I Am is also one of the producers on this. How did you get him involved? Oh, there's a good story. Um, I am nothing if not a little shameless when it comes to asking for help with, with this project. And I, uh, heard a song called Big Love by the Black Eyed Peas, uh, and the video uh, depicted a school shooting incident. And I, um, so I heard the song, I thought, wow, you know, this would really be incredible to use this song in the film. And I found a way to reach out to someone on his team. And, uh, and she immediately said, not only would we be happy for you to include that song, but we'd really like to get involved and, and come on board and help make this documentary happen. So, uh, Will I Am's entire team has, uh, just been incredible. Um, they, they've just, they've helped in so many ways from music to graphics, uh, and, you know, and everything in between. So. They are they are among the many uh, incredible uh, advocates that I've had for this film. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. So he's an executive producer. Katie Couric and Will I Am. I mean, you know, you're, Kirk, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in really good company. No, no, I'm definitely sitting at the cool kids table. Right yes, now. you are sitting at the cool kids table. Would you hope? I know this movie is going to be premiering at the Woodstock Film Festival. Um, what are the plans beyond that? I mean, is this something that you want to show in high schools? Um, certainly maybe get on PBS. You know, you've worked with uh, Nat Geo. Um, what, what do you think? Because this film needs to be seen, obviously. Because it, it, we can't let the conversation go. I mean, it's like, as I said, you know, the next news cycle, the next news cycle or the next shooting, you know, then we get all up in mm-hmm. a roar again, mm-hmm. you know, about yep. it. And, and, uh, and then, you know, then it dies down and then, we have the conversation and then it dies down. So I don't know what needs to happen uh, to keep the conversation really going and making some changes. Because, uh, again, no one's asking anyone to give up their guns. I have a 
lots yep. of friends who are hunters who, you know, I would never want them to take away their gun, but, we, you know, there's certain guns we do not need to have out there. And certainly doing uh, unified background checks, you know, um, I don't know what's so wrong with that either, you yep. know. Yep. Although some people who are getting guns um, are getting them legally and um, through the system the, the proper way, too. So, you know, they hadn't shown any signs of, uh, of violence or, you know, mental illness or those kinds of things. We just had a shooting here not that long ago in Gilroy, California, at, mm-hmm. at a festival. I mean, it, that's only, you know, 45 yep. minutes away from where I live. And, you know, that hit really close to home. And then there was something recently, at, you know, at a, at a festival in Salinas, although it wasn't a shooting. But, you know, so there's but it was a car, you know, now that people are using mm-hmm. different things if they can't use their guns mm-hmm. uh, to show mm-hmm. their anger. They're, you know, plowing into people. Um, I, I, you you kind of go, what's the mindset in someone's head to, to want to destroy other people's lives um, when you're not happy with yours? You know, so and again, it goes back to mental health, health and, and mm-hmm. illness. Mm-hmm. And how do we, you know, help that conversation to continue to go too? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that what the danger is people become paralyzed and they think that change can't happen. And if you think something, if you think there's no hope, then change cannot happen, right? right so right. Uh, these kids and and these families who became active, I think they showed a path. Uh, they created a sense of hope and they showed that change is possible. And, and actually, they are making change. Look at what's happening right now. Look at what's going on with all the Democratic candidates. They've been forced to talk about their stance on gun reform. That has never really happened like this before. And I think it's a direct result of what happened in Parkland. Yes. And there is also the, uh, as, in, to add on to that, since we we're just talking about Greta, the climate change, we're really, that's becoming another thing that we just really yes. need to keep that conversation going too. Otherwise, we're, yep. you know, we may not have a planet to be even worried about. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Rude>. <laughs> we're going to just implode on its own, you know, <laughs> you know, as they say, you know, if the ocean goes, so do we, or the coral. I mean, yep. coral is a whole big, another issue um, out there. So all of, there's lots of wonderful, top, you know, big topics that we need to talk about, especially in this next election cycle. But obviously, gun control and climate change, I think, are two of the top of the uh, of, of mind for many, many, many people. So to go back to your film, um, where where do you th- do you see it being uh, shown in the future? Uh, so I just really hope that it'll be shown all over the country. Uh, you know, I'd like to. So we have screenings at Woodstock at the film festival. We have another screening coming up in Connecticut in November. Uh, I hope that it will go to festivals. I hope that it will go to uh, community centers, to college campuses, and to high schools. I certainly want to make it available for all of those purposes. Um, you know, it, it has to be seen in order to have an impact. It certainly does. It certainly does. Has um, has David and and Emma and the rest of the students from Marjorie Stoneman, um, have they seen the film yet? Uh, Jacqueline Corrin has seen it. Fred Guttenberg has seen it. Um, Manuel Oliver has seen it. Uh, and they are all uh, very nicely uh, content with, you know, with uh, the work. No one can be happy about this film. Um, everyone is uh, is really uh, they, they they seem very content with the way that it's come out um, and appreciative. So that's a, that's a you know that's a comforting thing. It it is it is. What what do you hope people get from this film as a takeaway? Uh, I, I hope that I hope that they are enraged. Uh, I hope that there uh, is a, a sense of heartbreak, and I hope that 
they will actually uh, ultimately be inspired to get more involved themselves. I hope that they will understand what individuals, what regular people can do uh, to affect change. And I hope they will understand that we can all play a role and we have to play a role and that they will get more involved. Great. Wonderful. Thank you, Cheryl. It was a, a pleasure having you on the show. My guest today has been Cheryl Horner McDonough, award-winning director, producer, and we've been talking about her new documentary, Parkland Rising. I wish you much success with the film. Thank you. If you have missed any of uh, the Jam Price shows all about movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, and all of the shows are archived on that station, uh, on that uh, website. Also, you can go to YouTube and the iHeart Podcast channel. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.